Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Alright, welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 71. Oh, Dave, how's everything going? We're here in mid-September now. Um, my, hey, I have zero to complain about compared to you. I say that every <laughs> single time. I, I really don't. Yeah, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I have very little to complain about compared to a lot of people. I mean, my Correct. my biggest complaint is trying to get a six-year-old to concentrate on four hours of Zoom meetings every day while my wife and I try to juggle our jobs. Um, right. Is it, is it fun? No, not really, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I'm not putting it in the grand scheme of things. I'm putting it in the scheme of just me versus you. Oh, okay. And yeah. in that, I have my three children are older and – their biggest complaint is not being able to go out and try to meet people and have fun, which I feel bad for them because when I was in my 20s, that was that's your main social life. Yeah. But compared to your situation, um, what can I tell you? So I'm yeah. basically doing my quarantine thing. I'm, uh, I think I'm in really good physical condition. Have you been keeping up your – because you and I don't see each other. <laughs> <laughs> Except well, for very rarely. Have you been keeping up your uh, your uh, physical condition? Uh, it's a little different because, you know, as, as a lot of our clients know, you and I used to like to play basketball. Basketball is not happening anytime soon. Um, I've been playing a little bit of pickleball, not nearly what you play, uh, and then doing a lot of lifting and some of the other stuff. So I wouldn't say I'm in uh, peak physical condition right now, but think it's pretty pretty decent all things considered um you know what i was gonna say i mean this is totally off topic but just as you were talking about feeling really you know your kids can't go out and meet people um i was just texting with our our assistant jen who used to work for us doesn't work with us now um and she was talking about her son being doing his freshman year in college right now Mm -hmm. and i really feel bad for those kids because you know, freshman year in college, he's going there to play baseball. He's got to wear a mask everywhere. He's stuck inside his room constantly. He said he feels like he's in jail right now. Um, and this is not to make light of people who are really in jail, but, you know, he's stuck in his dorm room. They've got to have all their meals delivered. And, you know, it's it's a real pain for those kids. So It is. I, I That's a whole other topic. I'm not a big fan of them opening up the – the colleges and universities, I just feel like there it's no upside to that. 
yeah. which I think from a infection point of view is sort of being proven true. But I still feel from the kid's point of view, the whole point of going to school, to college, is to socialize, <laughs> is to do all that I think- stuff, not to force people not to do it. So if that's going to be the case, just, you know, bag a year. But, you know, these 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 people, this is – I mean, if you haven't learned that colleges and universities are also a business at this point, then yeah, you're I know. really not paying attention. Yeah, seriously. They <laughs> they can't afford to have people not enrolling. All right. So Dave and I talked about in our uh, super detailed uh, pre-show planning session, we talked about a lot of things that we wanted to touch on here today. Um, so, Dave, let's start it off with, with this uh, Tom Boswell column that you sent to me. Um, and this is basically talking about how America is addicted to gambling. And this is no surprise for those of us who follow sports closely. Um, and especially, you know, as we've seen over the last you know, 20 years or so, this rise of sports gambling and fantasy sports and just all kinds of betting on sports. And you know, let's be honest, for some people, it makes it more interesting. They're a little bit more you know, involved if there's some sort of betting going on. Um, and what Tom Boswell is talking about is when sports shut down, what filled that void? The stock market. And, right. you know, this is driven by a lot of different things. But, you know, I, I think personally one of the things that drove this is the fact that trading, stock trading, has gone to being free. You know, this used to be something where yeah, it was never a huge expense, but maybe it was back in the day it was fifteen or twenty dollars, and now it was down to three ninety five, and now it's basically gone to free. So people right. have become. And then gamblers. the advent of what I, know I should. This is all the prep work being done. What's the name of the? Uh, what's the app? Or is it Robinhood or something like that? Oh yeah, is there trading That's the stock it. on. Is that what it's called? Robinhood. Robin Hood, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so now you have kids, and these were probably people betting on sports before. These are, you know, people in their 20s or whatever and younger. Now they're getting on to all this stuff, which there is an inherent danger of because of, you know, all that can go wrong in the stock market and the kind of, you know, trouble you can get in. But, yeah, it it definitely shifted during the pandemic. Well, And, you know, what I thought was interesting in here, you know, he talks about for years, Wall Street has sought more retail investors, right? And, you know, why why would Wall Street seek more retail investors? Well, I mean, they look at those as the little guy suckers with fast cash, fast money who are going to chase after hot tips and, you know, not put a whole lot of research into any of these things. Um And the idea was that after the dot-com bubble, because, you know, I know you've told this story before in the the late 90s when you had friends quitting their jobs to become day traders. And, you know, that was going to be their job. Well, oh, gosh, I'm I'm day trading stocks. I'm so smart. I'm making all this money. And then the dot-com bubble burst and everyone realized, hmm, maybe I'm not so smart. Then you had the financial crisis in 2008. So the idea was that this whole generation of investors, they weren't going to do day trading anymore. They were going to be against day trading because they they lost their shirts. They'd learned their lessons. And that's certainly not the case. I mean, we've, we've seen all these people gambling. 
And I, I mean, I'll say that, you know, given the volatility, how high the volatility was in the market in the spring and early summertime, I mean, it made a lot of us sit here and say, gosh, why didn't I realize that Peloton or Amazon or, you know, pick whatever stock was going to be the hot thing and was going to shoot up by 70, 80, 100 percent? I should have seen that in March. And that's, of course, very easy to sit here and, and do that. You know, the problem is that you can do that and it's not going to hold true for the next time. You know, that's not a reliable investment philosophy or a, a way to, to keep investing there. Uh, because, you know, I would also say that a lot of the common sense, what was a lot of the common sense and discussion in June and July? The market can't go any higher. The market, there's just no way we can hit all-time highs when we still have unemployment at 10%. Right. You know, what does the market go on and do? It's exactly. more all-time highs. It made no sense. Maybe still doesn't make any sense, but that's why uh, I think if you've been doing this for a while like we have, you're just simply humbled by the markets. Humility. <laughs> Tremendous quality to have. I, I with this stuff and studying it. I hope that's a lesson that people learn. I, I'm, you know, I've been doing this too long to think that people will learn that forever. But I do think that people can learn a lesson for a couple of years and have this memory of, gosh, nothing really made sense back in 2020. So this theory that I have now in 2025 about what's going to happen in the future. Maybe I'll just remember back to 2020 how nothing made sense then for a while, and that'll give me a little bit of humility in 2025. You know, but, in Boswell's article, he what I thought was interesting, it's a sports page article. I was like reading the Washington Post sports like I always do. He just starts to move into these people who have been introduced. They're sports bettors, yep. and that's never a winning game, ever. <laughs> right. And then they've been introduced to the stock market, and what if these people now realize that in the long haul, and this is the gist of his article. In the long haul, investing in the market is a good idea. In the long, he starts to talk about the power of compounding and things that, you know, anyone listening yeah. to this podcast are, are basics. But for people reading the sports page who are sports bettors, you know, they're not they're, – they're, they were new concepts. So I thought it was interesting that he said learn from this, and in the long run, this will be good to actually make money uh, by looking at long-term trends in the stock market. And I thought that was – I mean, what a thoughtful column by a sports guy. Now, it, the next column he wrote, literally the next column he wrote, or one of the next columns he wrote was about the Redskins. It was the day of the first, I'm sorry, that's going to happen forever. Washington that, football team. That's, my that's hard to get over, but yeah. He's talking about the Washington football team, it was the day of the game against the Eagles, and it was the most disparaging, angry column saying they're going to be horrible, <laughs> awful. They have no talent. And it was not like Boswell because he's usually a thoughtful columnist, just like the one we just discussed. And I'm like, what was – and a friend of mine who we talk about, the Washington football team, he's like, what's wrong with Boswell this morning? Why is he so bitter and angry? This is like the worst column he's ever – and I was like, you know, I don't know. And, of course, the the Washington football team, they went out and went, won their first game and played really well. So, well, uh, okay, you know, I don't know if you now when you're listening to this, they may have already lost 
people listening to this, we're recording. We haven't had the second game yet against Arizona, so who knows what the future right. is. But. Well, I mean, the famous uh, thing back in the day was was Boswell wrote this column where he, you know, he proclaimed himself to be a Gibbsologist, right? And he knew all things about Joe Gibbs, and he said absolutely Joe Gibbs was coming back and going to play uh, coach another season. And later that day, Gibbs said, "Yeah, I'm not coming back." Right. So. You know, I mean, even a Gibbsologist who obviously knows a lot, you know, he can be dead wrong. Yeah, well, um, I just think the humility we just talked about, when you're making any kind of prediction, there was zero humility in that. It was like, they're going to be horrible, they're right. horrible, the team's horrible, and it's like, well, if they win today, you're going to look bad, but whatever. Well, okay, so let me take this theme and let me transition really well into something else I wanted to talk about. And this is kind of a whole encompassing topic of inflation and gold and cryptocurrency and things like that as a hedge against inflation and how that fits into an overall portfolio, right? So let me set the stage here. Uh, we've got the Federal Reserve doing a, a, a replay uh, of what they did back in 2008, 2009, with quantitative easing, with, you know, super low interest rates, uh, with stimulus package, you know, in the trillion, two trillion dollars and talking about even more. And if you remember back in 08, 09, one of the just absolute locks, you know, this is to use some gambling terminology, they would say it's a stone cold lock, stone cold lock that we were going to have some big inflation numbers going forward. And that is, once again, the consensus out there. And a lot of people say, you know what, all of this stimulus and this, this central bank policy, this is going to lead to inflation. And to draw these parallels, obviously different circumstances, but back in 08, 09, we knew there was going to be inflation. What did that do? A lot of people bought gold in, in those time periods. And it really bid up the price of gold going into, you know, I think it was around 2010 or so. So in 2010, 11, you saw gold around $1,700 an ounce. And what happened? We didn't see any inflation. I mean, we, you know, we haven't seen inflation for those of us who've been investors for the last 20 years. We haven't seen any inflation, even more yeah. than that. Um, you know, we've been right around 2% per year. And what did gold do? Gold fell by about 50%. So it was an absolute certainty. Everybody knew it. Didn't happen. So things like gold went way down. What have we seen recently? Gold going way back up again. You know, because people are once again certain that we're going to see big inflation numbers. So I know I've talked about this before, but when people ask this question about gold, you know, do you have gold in the portfolio? We don't hold gold in our portfolios. Now, when people ask the question, you know, can I buy gold on my own? Well, you can do whatever you want, of course. Would I recommend it? If if you're going to do it, I'd say keep it to less than 5% of your portfolio. Because gold is a very volatile asset. You know, it fluctuates about twice as much as stocks do historically. Um, so, you know, if you're going to have gold in there, don't make it, this is my whole portfolio, 
you make it like it was an individual stock. You know, it's going to be less than 5% of your portfolio, not a huge holding in there. Right. Um, just on my train of thought here, as far as talking about inflation going forward, you know, while I'm not going to sit here and predict that it's going to happen, because hopefully from our discussion in the last 10 minutes, I have some humility that I don't know what the future is going to bring. Um, but on the same sense, we do want to prepare for any potential outcome. So one potential outcome could be that we do have a lot of inflation. Another yeah, potential I'll, outcome. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Yeah, please. Because the Fed has indicated that they want inflation going yeah. forward. That's going to be better for you. How's this economy going to grow if things don't cost more? Right. At some point. So I, I looked at that, and I guess I'll get your answer on how we'll deal with this, but I, I think the bottom line to me is, well, if the Fed wants inflation, what they wanted, everything the Fed wants, they seem to get. They're kind of like the spoiled child that gets whatever <laughs> they want, probably because they control everything. Right. <laughs> like money would be their parents in this case. So, yeah. So how are we going to deal with that? Yeah. Um, so – you know, that that's the thing is that the Fed has really changed their policy from saying, well, let me back up a second. So normally the Fed has dual mandates. The dual mandates are controlling inflation and full employment, right? So historically, they've termed full employment, you know, being a employment rate. You know, I don't know what the number is, four or five percent uh, unemployment because you're never going to have 100 percent employment. Um, but whatever they're they're rate is for full employment and they've said they want this inflation target around two percent which they've you know been right on with recently um what they've really changed their tune is to say that they're going to let inflation run hotter than that so they're going to say okay inflation's running you know more than two percent normally if that were to happen you would start to raise interest rates to try to cool off the economy and the Fed's basically said, well, we're going to deviate from that. We're going to let inflation run hotter than that. Now, I, I want to take a, an extreme example here to talk about bigger picture why, why they might do this. So one of the problems that we have with this country is we've got a lot of debt. And obviously the stimulus package and everything the Fed's doing, it's not really helping right now. So Letting inflation run hot and go a little bit above will actually help us sort of inflate our debt away. And I don't know if you've heard this term before when people talk about what does inflating our debt away really mean. So let me take an extreme example here to make my point. Um, let's say that GDP was running at, you know, $20 trillion. And if we had inflation for the next year at 100%, GDP would double to 40 trillion. Right. right. Or even take your income, whatever your income is now, double your income. If your income is twice as high, but your debt stays the same, it's going to be a lot easier to pay for that debt. Right. Think about what your mortgage payment is right now. Double your income, your mortgage payment stays the same. Hey, it's a lot easier to make that payment. Um, so that's what they talk about when they talk about inflating the debt away. So if you can get that growth, grow the, the GDP, have inflation, but now you can pay down that debt more easily. Now, 
Inflating the debt away is a really bad thing for savers. Because imagine that you've got, you know, whatever money sitting in the bank there, and all of a sudden everything now costs twice as much. Well, that's <laughs> that really crushes your savings because they're not worth nearly as much. Um, so that's why the government doesn't want to do that, you know, in the numbers that I'm talking about, you know, 100%, things like that. Right. Um, At the same time, a policy like that, wanting to, <clears throat> to have inflation in the long haul, which is all we care about with our clients, right? just like you said, is not a positive thing. It's no. something where we have to keep, because who our clients are near retirement or retired. So having things cost more is never a good thing when you're on more or less, either less than your highest earnings or, you know, a fixed income. Oh, absolutely. So I, for us, we look at that, and you and I have already talked about this, it, it puts even more emphasis on our main job with every client, and that is making sure that when you're not working anymore or working less, you have enough income coming in every month to yep. deal with with expenses. It seems like everything leads back to that these days in planning. It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It all, <laughs> it all, it all, you can go through any problem, and you go through a few iterations, and it always leads to making sure you have enough money coming wow. in every month, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that solves a lot of problems, right? It, you know, if you've got plenty of income coming in month in, month out, you know, what about higher health care costs? Great. Have more income. What about rising inflation? Great. Have more income. I mean, it that solves a lot of issues if you've got more income. Now, that's putting it very simply. But, you know, how do you create that income? How do you, you know, put this plan together that's going to balance all these competing objectives? Um, all right, Dave, let's, let's talk about this last thing here because I, I just saw this this morning. This came in from a client and it's not the first time and we've seen things like this before. Um, he sent me this link and he said, Oh my God, what do you think about this? My wife sent this to me this morning. Um, and I don't even want to reference specifically what the company is because it's, you know, I, I think it's pretty crazy. But it was a link that was talking about a video and it's, you know, it's all well produced and it's got all this data and blah, blah, blah. And it's basically talking about how cash was going to be outlawed uh, fairly soon. And, you know, I, I didn't even follow all of the, you know, everything going through the, the rigmarole of, you know, what what was going to happen and how this was going to be done. Um, but it was basically saying in the next week, cash was going to be outlawed. So you should take all your money out of your retirement accounts. And, uh, you know, all the retirement accounts are going to be nationalized, basically taken over by the government. So here's what you should do. You should buy my solution. You know, this is the person saying this, not me saying you should buy my set of whatever, and this is going to solve all your problems. Um, and like I said, this is not the first one of these that I've seen. You know, I've seen them before pitching, in particular, gold and silver investments or um, cryptocurrency investment seems to be a new thing. Um, they're always selling something. And, you know, I, I always just think that when we see something like this, Always take a step back and, and think, okay, this is the only place I've seen this. Um, you know, I've gone to many different media outlets 
And, you know, whether you, you want to go to Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or wherever you're going, left wing, right wing. And I haven't seen it on any of these other things. So is this either a huge conspiracy to suppress this on all media outlets, left wing, right wing, or is this guy just trying to sell me something? And I think it's usually going to be more likely the latter. Um, but I'm not a conspiracy theory kind of guy. I, I just, you know, I don't believe that it's easy to conceal big conspiracies like that from large numbers of people. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. <clears throat> First of all, who's listening to this podcast? For the most part, virtually everyone listening is 55 years old or older. Most of you are older. You are being targeted. It's a marketing targeting thing. First, you are being targeted because of your age. People who are older tend to be more panicky about their money. Yep. Um, and they're going to just look at marketing trends, and that's going to be one thing. What else is going on that I think everybody needs to be extremely, you already touched on it, extremely aware of? We're having an election coming up. What, yep. what do we know for sure about this elect? What do we know 100% for sure? We know that at least, based on the voting count, at least 45% of this country is going to be extremely unhappy and right. pissed off and scared at the end of the outcome of this. I was going to say after election night, but let's face it, that's not going to be the end of the outcome of this. Right. So maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. So, okay. So now you've got that segment of the population that is ripe for all this stuff, ripe for being terrified, ripe for conspiracy theories, ripe to be preyed on. So all we can say to our clients are, if you're our client, you call us, you contact us. What's this yeah. all? That's great to have a, a sounding board. If you're no. not, I would say you don't have a sounding board like you just said, use common sense. <laughs> right. Don't do anything without checking with several sources, independent sources, on right. whatever you're reading, because you are being highly targeted. Yep. Okay. Thank everybody for listening. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we will uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Stay safe out there.